The peace of our Lord be with you. Tomorrow evening, many of us will be right back here in this same sacred space, joining countless millions of others all around the world who will gather in churches large and small, ornate and plain, to ponder again on Christmas Eve what may be the single most imponderable mystery of our faith, the mystery of the incarnation of God in Jesus. The God who created the universe as we know it roughly 13 billion years ago, embodied in the body of a baby fleshed out in a person, incarnated in the fully human, fully divine life of Jesus. A mystery so incomprehensible that the church has struggled to explain it almost from the beginning. A mystery so difficult to understand that the Council of Nicaea was convened by Constantine in 325 AD to settle once and for all what Christians are supposed to believe about the Incarnation. Does the incarnation of God in Jesus mean that Jesus was the same as God? As about 80 verses in the New Testament seem to say. Or the Son of God? As about 100 verses of the New Testament seem to say. The Bible in a tie with itself over the meaning of the incarnation of God in Jesus. And as if those questions concerning what the incarnation was were not mystery-making enough, there has also always been the question of why the incarnation was. As in, why did God come to be born in Bethlehem and live as a person in the world? Christianity's most widely held answer to that question was laid out about 1,000 years ago by a thinker named Anselm in 
what some have called the most influential book written in the history of the world outside the Bible, Cure Deus Homo, Why God Human, in which Anselm said that God became human so God could forgive humans. The idea being that God could not forgive sin without compromising God's holiness unless a perfect sacrifice was first offered to God. And since there were no perfect humans available to provide that sacrifice, God had to send Jesus to live a perfect human life so he could die a perfect human sacrifice so that God would then be free to forgive. All of which has long been believed to be true by millions of wonderful people. But for other equally wonderful people in the world, some of that sounds more like something people would say about God than something God would say about people. Does God really have to have a human sacrifice so that God can be free to do what God wants to do, which is to embrace in healing grace the whole human family of God? Who can say, but the longer I live, the more I wonder if we took a wrong turn somewhere back there between Bethlehem and Jackson. Somewhere between there and here, we started wrapping the baby born in the barn in Bethlehem in all these layers of accumulated Christian doctrine when it might have been better for us to be content simply to say that the meaning of the incarnation is that God is with us and God is for us. Peel away all the accumulated layers of 20 centuries worth of doctrine and orthodoxy which we have wrapped around the baby in the manger. And that finally is the last thing left. The incarnation as a sign to us that God is with us, with us in the worst and best of life, with us in joy and in sorrow, with us in success and failure, with us in grief and relief, 
with us in laughter and tears, with us in life and in death. Oh, my sisters and brothers, there is a long list of ways things can go wrong in this life. None of us will go through all of them, but all of us will go through some of them. And in each of them, God is with us. God so relentlessly determined to be with us that God would have come to be among us in the life of Jesus even if there had been no sin. Because our life with God is not primarily about a problem and how to fix it. It is rather primarily about a life and how to live it and a love and how to give it. The love of God fleshed out once in the life of Jesus and then over and over again in each and all of us. Every time we sit down with and stand up for the same people Jesus would sit down with and stand up for if Jesus was here. Our lives becoming small incarnations of the relentless love Jesus was the main incarnation of. On my list of the 20 or 30 most unforgettable conversations I have had in my life is one I had at this same time of year, deep into the season of Advent, several years ago, as I was sitting with a friend who had grown up in Turkey, a Muslim man who said to me concerning the season of Advent, as I understand it, Advent is the time when Christians most intentionally wait and watch for the coming again of Jesus. To which I responded, you're exactly right, that is what Advent is. To which he replied, well, I'm sure you know a lot more about all of that than I, but based on what I do know about Jesus, he said, I believe that every time anyone speaks or acts with kindness and courage, gentleness and love, Jesus does come again, over and over, day after day. The mystery 
of the incarnation explained in a way that actually matters and makes a difference in the world. Our lives, all of our lives, small daily incarnations of the one big one we will remember, ponder, and celebrate tomorrow. Amen.